Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nika Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Hi everyone and welcome. Welcome to Africa Family Business Research Conference. This evening will be, um, this will be a pre-recording. So we're watching a video of being presented by Professor Ruth Siraka from Strathmore University Business School in Nairobi, Kenya. And she'll be presenting on the role of family businesses in increasing resilience and agility in uncertain times. I'm going to share with you briefly uh, of a study that I'm conducting on the role of family businesses in increasing resilience and agility in uncertain times. How have family businesses contributed uh, to agility and resilience during this season? So let me start with the background and say that family businesses in many African countries constitute uh, over 50% of all small businesses. Uh, certainly is the case in Kenya and uh, contribute quite significantly to the domestic product, 75% in many cases much higher. In the Kenyan context, uh, employment creation, uh, annually about 80% of the businesses uh, creating employment are in our family businesses. And the family business also provides economic stability to the family unit. Um, the research problem that I sought to investigate is to actually ask how the pandemic has affected family businesses. A number of important issues emerge. One is the lack of formalization. Those that are informed say that the lack of formality meant that they could not be able to get uh, the legal and social protection that could have helped them to weather the pandemic. And so they have struggled a lot more than they could they should have. The other issue is about uh, supply chain disruptions. Um, smallholder uh, farmers, many of which are family businesses, uh, lack seeds, uh, fertilizers, and other farm inputs for planting and harvesting. But they also had challenges in accessing markets. Several which family businesses have generally been affected by the pandemic is not for disruption. And I think we are all aware of this. And social distancing, working from home, supervising staff who are working remotely and expecting productivity, uh, high productivity from them. Additionally, there have been frequent school closures uh, and the schools have moved online to their home space. The family that already spent a lot of time together, uh, time together at home, turn the home into a workspace and the same home into a study environment has created friction and sometimes challenges in ensuring that the boundaries between the work, the school, and the home are maintained. The other thing that has been experienced is domestic violence. Um, and uh, we have seen increased instances, certainly much, much higher instances of domestic violence have been reported in Kenya since the pandemic. Uh, and moving the business to the home environment um, may have contributed to reducing operating costs, but this 
um, bringing together of the living arrangement, the work environment, and the studying environment to be with each other on a daily basis has resulted in, in increased levels of stress and contributed to some extent domestic violence, which obviously directly affects any business that is operating from that environment. The thing we've seen is that customer habits have also just changed. So uh, we have uh, customers want to purchase online, they want deliveries to be made of goods, they want to uh, access services online, and enterprises must imagine how to interact with the customers are online and to ensure a relevant customer experience. Um, how can they use digital channels uh, to support the business continuity during the crisis and beyond? And this has required some tech savviness, which family businesses, especially those that are run by older persons, have struggled with. And they said that they have lost some business because they are not able to transition to doing business online as quickly as was required. Uh, a sixth important challenge around family businesses has been the issue of succession. Uh, and this is still pronged. So on the one hand, um, businesses uh, have found that are they required to shift and have new skills, new ways of working, new ways of operating, being business content, and in some cases, this has necessitated the recruitment of new staff with some of the key positions. And some of that staff uh, positions, some of these positions were held by family members. Uh, and so some family members have had to be pushed to the sidelines and new uh, staff are recruited who have the capacity to move the business to operate in this uncertain environment. Uh, and that has created some problems uh, in the family unit. In some other situations also, um, family members who are paid for succession have passed on from the pandemic, meaning that new potential successors must be identified. So those are just a few of the challenges around family businesses. So the question that I was asking, the question that I was asking in this study are how are family businesses working through the pandemic? And how are they responsible to survive even beyond the pandemic? Appreciating that the pandemic is going to change business operations in important ways. And that also appreciating that the pandemic uh, may take a bit longer than we thought uh, to maybe be under control. In China, we are currently experiencing what the government is calling the fourth wave. The cases are increasing significantly, and we need to be a lot more cautious. And so uh, we're not out of the woods yet, so to speak. So um, as a preliminary research, I focused on interviews. So we telephone interviews with owner managers of family businesses that are based in uh, family owners are based in Nairobi. Uh, however, let me uh, also add that we need to know a lot about the farm uh, of, um, and 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 and. Uh, agribusiness and agriculture uh, and get particular businesses uh, in Nairobi uh, because we find that most uh, family businesses that are operating in Nairobi also have an extension in the uh, family environment on the farms. Okay? So there's a link between what they do in the city and what they do in the city, but the uh, entrepreneurs that we talk to are all based in Nairobi. First question of how the businesses are navigating through the pandemic. Uh, a few interesting issues that I imagine is that uh, 
there is a need to address internet-related infrastructure needs. Yeah, this has included internet connectivity uh, and having a reliable connectivity and a reliable power supply. Alaskan African countries, in Arabia, also suffer from intermittent uh, electricity um, supply. So sometimes they have a power failure in the most um, uh, inconvenient time. Additionally, we have had uh, for the children, they also need gadgets for the online classes. So families have found that they have needed to spend more on electronic gadgets, but every learner, every child in the family has their laptop or tablet. If they're running the business, the parents also have their own gadgets. Uh, and so this has made business operations costlier in terms of uh, electronic gadgets, as well as in terms of internet, a backup, as well as power backup. So one of the things that families have done is to manage the pandemic, managing this space in the family work to space. Because the family and uh, their business have converged in the family physical space at home, it has become increasingly challenging to separate family from business from school in terms of school and family. So there have been very intentional efforts to create some boundaries, however, arbitrary. To manage uh, this relationship. In some cases, you would hear uh, family members saying that, you know, you have had to be very intentional in saying this is the family space where we come together and maybe share and gather, or this is the family space where we come together and stay together. You can do your work, you can do your service at any part of the family, but there will be a time when you all converge in a particular place and share and work together and share family time together. And therefore, make it very intentional that there's a sense of physical movement, even if it is just within the home environment. The other thing that has happened uh, is the need to the financial planner, thinking about different scenarios. Uh, for businesses that probably had you know, a very nice key uh, five-year strategic plan, a lot of that has gone with the region and the asking. How do we reorganize ourselves? How do we restructure ourselves? So uh, looking at costs, what costs can we postpone? What costs can we eliminate? What costs can we reduce? Uh, and so of costs around rent, around staffing, and around taking loans, they have had to rethink these expenses and how they can be used them or cut them off entirely. In terms of the workforce, uh, a number of them are saying, look, we have some very good employees, we don't want to use them entirely. Uh, and so the negotiations have been around to reduce work time and salary cuts. Uh, at least that way, the employee still has some income, even if it's for a shorter time or a lower salary, and the business uh, is still able to continue running and, maybe, and be able to resume full operations when it is viable to do so because we still have the staff with them. The other aspect that has been very important has been diversification. Um, and you have seen, uh, as I said, the entrepreneurs are based in Nairobi. Many of them have farms as well. Uh, and you have seen agro-tourism becoming uh, an interesting space that some of the businesses have moved into. Uh, they have farm houses uh, back in the village that they have converted to guest houses. Uh, and they're using this to promote domestic tourism and also agriculture. So some of them have probably a very good maybe in dairy farming or horticultural farming. 
and just saying, you know, it's going to come and learn more about doing farming. You can come to our farm, you can spend three days with us, you can spend a week with us, we have a small guest house where we can accommodate you, uh, and you can spend time. And these people are just going there, learning a few things, paying a bit of money for months, and coming in there for everything, generating income, as well as also continue and sharing uh, their food provisions and food security. So those are just a few of the things that the entrepreneurs are doing to survive uh, during the times uh, of the pandemic. They're also asking, then what? You know, how do we position ourselves to survive? Even after this pandemic, what can we do to do in the long, medium to long term? One of the things that has emerged much important is capacity building. I think as they have reviewed their operations and activities, they have realized gaps that need to be addressed. Important areas include business resilience, risk management and agility, having bankable businesses uh, that could benefit from business or economy recovery funds, sustainable business practices, and diversification. So those are some of the areas of capacity building. The other area, as I said, succession planning, uh, much as not something that many African entrepreneurs, especially the men, like to think about. This pandemic has brought this issue to the fore as family members have watched. Some of the, the uh, family members uh, suffer from the pandemic and others losing their lives. And so this subject of succession has become more pressing, although it is causing some stress, um, but they have had to deal with it and start to address it uh, even if they're doing it unwillingly. Uh, the thing that comes to the fore that we need to talk about long term is in terms of formalization. Those businesses that are still informal are saying we are losing out because we are informal. We thought informality was a good thing, but we realize maybe it is not such a good idea at all. Because with informality, we have lacked access to the social uh, and job protection uh, and business recovery resources that are available from government. So uh, the same thing has formalized so that we can be able to access any interventions, any recovery uh, strategies and funds that may be available because the government will only make this available to formalize enterprises. And that formalization is obviously going to continue being of benefit even after the pandemic. The interesting thing that has happened is that the whole family is really, really uh, the in the past, it's only been my husband and I or my wife and I who have been uh, running this business. But now, our children who are 12 years, 14 years, 16 years old, have come in. So first of all, they're interested in what they're doing because the business has moved to the family, to the home space, and therefore they can see what the business is about. And they're also going to find areas where they can support the business, the tech service, they can add, uh, the same that can help you to uh, uh, maybe have some public uh, or uh, online other platforms, or the simplicity, some easy ways to payment, any assistance making delivery, any assistance doing some uh, digital marketing, some social media marketing. Uh, and so the younger people actually bring in certain interesting innovations uh, within the business, which obviously the parents are really appreciating. Uh, and this is getting exciting and blessing. Even after the pandemic is over, we would want you to continue to be engaged in this business. The other thing that we have seen is vertical integration, uh, that uh, some of these family businesses are moving up and down the value chain. Again, um, this has happened a lot more in the area of agriculture. So the concept of farm to fork, which we are very familiar with, 
uh, within uh, at the business space. So the family is not saying that you know we are only for operating a restaurant in Nairobi. Uh, but now we are going to be very intentional about our family producing enough to be able to, to be our own suppliers and to be able to supply to others. But we're also going to continue running the restaurant that we've been running in other places. We're going to probably open up new restaurants in other towns that we have never considered. And therefore, we're looking at expanding their businesses along the value chain because the connections are becoming so clear and they're starting to ask themselves, why did we ever do this before? Why did we ever think of doing this before? Why did we ever think of broadening uh, uh, our business operations along the value chain? Uh, and this is something that we're going to do even after the pandemic decided. Uh, Another interesting thought that came up related to the employees is the whole idea of employee sharing plans. As I said, one of the ways of navigating through the pandemic has been in terms of reducing the work time of employees or even uh, uh, salary cuts. But they're saying, supposing this employee, I have a very good employee, but I can only afford to have them with me for two days a week. Is there another business that can also take them for another day or two in a third business? So to have one employee being shared across a number of businesses, and both the employee and the employer is aware that this sharing is happening. So it's not something that's being done in the dark. And it, it is done in such a way that these businesses also agree that this employee between the three of us, the two businesses, is now a full-time employee. Therefore, they are across a number of businesses. Is there a way that we can convert this? So that it becomes even something that has happen, happened on the long term uh, and, and even uh, more broadly uh, in, in, a, in a, uh, a context in a context of the country. But these employees are also able to get the other protection, they're able to get their medical insurance, they're able to, to pay their uh, statutory deductions in terms of their social security, um, their hospital taxes as well. But it also means that this employee is taken care of in the same way that a full-time employee in one organization will be taken care of. Structures for this haven't obviously been developed, so these, these thoughts are ahead of the time, but the pandemic has produced something that we probably need to think about uh, as businesses, but also as a country with regard to policies. And the last point I have here is on collaborative working approaches. Uh, and again, the some businesses are saying that you know one of the things that this whole pandemic has brought to the fore is how much time our women stay, spend on unpaid care work. That's this has become more visible. You can see what they do. You can see why they don't succeed adequately in the family business. But this can change and this must change and this must change now. Um, what can we do to reduce the amount of gender spending on unpaid work and moving them more to uh, productive activities in the business? Maybe she has collaborative uh, approaches where maybe we have a care center within a particular locality where our children can be taken care of. For the elderly, sometimes we have families where we can call elderly people, but the elderly can be taken care of. And reduce the amount of time the women are spending taking care of a member of the family and they can spend it on the business. Uh, so that then you have a lot more. Uh, a lot more productivity in the business environment without compromising the other work that the women are doing. So, uh, so this is an interesting positive outcome uh, in terms of even the economic empowerment of the women 
data is becoming an interesting conversation that has emerged from this uh, uh, the, the realization of what the pandemic has brought to the fore. So these are just a few of the findings uh, at, at this point. But some of the implications, therefore, are that uh, we, we need to focus on the frontiers of family business and family business research. So we have to think of new ways of working, such as these collaborative arrangements, shared resources, and adapt adaptive capacities, as well as the whole idea of succession planning. The COVID-19 may not be the last of the pandemic. Insights from the study uh, also contribute to innovation research, family business structures, and as I said, species of policy, especially around uh, employee and the Employment Act and the Employment Laws and Labor Laws, is probably something we need to be rethinking. Uh, and that has come to the fore from what we have experienced through the pandemic. As I said, this study was conducted in Nairobi, and the entrepreneurs are based in Nairobi, uh, although, as you've seen, a number of them do uh, have activities that may be outside the city. But similar studies could focus on entrepreneurs that are based in rural settings uh, and see ways to deal with different outcomes. And also in terms of conceptual comparisons, again, this, this study did not even look at family businesses in any particular sector, uh, it was just broadly about it. But the question is, are family businesses in different sectors uh, responding differently to the pandemic? And they have uh, different thoughts in terms of intervention. This could be interesting areas for further research to consider. So thank you very much for listening to me and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this presentation. Once again, we apologize for the sound quality. Um, because Professor Ruth is not available live for this session, we'll be taking all questions in the next session, um, which will be starting very shortly. So thank you once again, and please join in for the panel discussion on challenges and resilience in uncertain times. <laughs>